Good morning. This is Send7 World News in 7 Minutes. I'm Stephen DeVincenzi. Today is Friday, the 9th of September, 2022. Starting in Europe today, in the United Kingdom, Queen Elizabeth II has died aged 96. The Queen died at her home in Scotland, surrounded by her family. Elizabeth was the longest-serving monarch in the history of the United Kingdom, reigning since 1952, when her father, King George, died. She became Queen of the British Empire, including more than 30 countries. Upon her death yesterday, she was still the Queen of Canada, Australia, New Zealand, Jamaica and 11 other countries. On Tuesday, Liz Truss became the 15th Prime Minister that has been appointed by Queen Elizabeth. Yesterday, Truss spoke half an hour after the Queen's death was announced. She said that Queen Elizabeth was the rock on which modern Britain was built. We are all devastated by the news that we have just heard from Balmoral. The death of Her Majesty the Queen is a huge shock to the nation and to the world. Queen Elizabeth II was the rock on which modern Britain was built. Our country has grown and flourished under her reign. Britain is the great country it is today because of her. She ascended the throne just after the Second World War. She championed the development of the Commonwealth from a small group of seven countries to a family of 56 nations, spanning every continent of the world. We are now a modern, thriving, dynamic nation. Through thick and thin, Queen Elizabeth II provided us with the stability and the strength that we needed. She was the very spirit of Great Britain, and that spirit will endure. She has been our longest ever reigning monarch. It's an extraordinary achievement to have presided with such dignity and grace for 70 years. Her, her life of service stretched beyond most of our living memories. In return, she was loved and admired by the people in the United Kingdom and all around the world. She has been a personal inspiration to me and to many Britons. Her devotion to duty is an example to us all. Earlier this week, at 96, she remained determined to carry out her duties as she appointed me as her 15th Prime Minister. Throughout her life, she's visited more than 100 countries and she has touched the lives of millions around the world. In the difficult days ahead, we will come together with our friends across the United Kingdom, the Commonwealth and the world to celebrate her extraordinary lifetime of service. It is a day of great loss, but Queen Elizabeth II leaves a great legacy. Today the crown passes, as it has done for more than a thousand years, to our new monarch, our new head of state, His Majesty King Charles III. With the King's family, we mourn the loss of his mother, 
And as we mourn, we must come together as a people to support him, to help him bear the awesome responsibility that he now carries for us all. We offer him our loyalty and devotion, just as his mother devoted so much to so many for so long. And with the passing of the second Elizabethan age, we usher in a new era in the magnificent history of our great country, exactly as Her Majesty would have wished, by saying the words, God save the King. The son of Queen Elizabeth, Charles, is now the King of the United Kingdom and will be known as King Charles III. His wife, Camilla, will be known as Queen Consort. Also in the United Kingdom, before the death of Queen Elizabeth was announced yesterday, Prime Minister Liz Truss announced a price cap for energy bills for homes in the UK. The price cap is expected to cost the UK £150 billion, which will be repaid over 20 years through higher energy prices. In Ukraine, the Ukrainian army has recaptured some areas in the Kharkiv region in the north from Russian forces. This has surprised some military analysts because last week Ukraine announced that they had started a counter-attack in the south, in the Kherson region. Both of these areas have been under Russian occupation since March. According to the Institute for War, Ukrainian forces have probably used this opportunity to make a counter-offensive in Kharkiv region because Russia has moved some of its forces to the south of Ukraine. The Institute for War also predicted that Ukraine had recaptured around 400 square kilometres of ground in Kharkiv region in the last three days. Some military analysts have suggested that the Ukrainian announcement of a counter-attack in the south may have been a deliberate distraction from a counter-attack in the north. At a meeting in Germany, United States Defense Secretary Lloyd Austin said yesterday that Ukraine's armed forces had made demonstrable success and announced that the United States would give another $675 million worth of military aid to Ukraine. Now we're seeing the demonstrable success of our common efforts on the battlefield. And every day we see the resolve of the allies and partners worldwide who are helping Ukraine resist Russia's illegal, imperial, and indefensible war of conquest. The latest package includes more Gimlers, 105-millimeter howitzers, artillery munitions, harm missiles, Humvees, armored ambulances, anti-tank systems, small arms, and more. America's in Canada, the second of two brothers who were suspected of killing ten people has died in hospital. The first brother was found dead earlier this week. In Argentina, two people have been charged with the attempted murder of Vice President Cristina Kirchner last week. 
the weapon that a man held to Kirchner's head failed to fire. A judge in Buenos Aires said that the two suspects had coordinated in planning to kill Kirchner. Africa. In Egypt, four women have been charged with publishing fake news and defaming politicians. The women are all journalists from the news company Mada Mazur and were charged after the publication of an article about the governing party of President Abdel Fattah al-Sisi. In the Gambia, the government is starting an investigation into the recent deaths of 28 young children from kidney problems. The Gambia's Director of Health, Mustafa Bitaye, said that a locally made paracetamol syrup may be the cause. In Burundi, President Evariste Dayashimiye has changed his Prime Minister after warning that there may have been a plot against him. Gervé Dirakbuka has taken the place of Alain Guillaume Bunyoni. Dayashimiye also fired his personal chief of staff. Asia. South Korea has proposed new talks with North Korea about the reunions of families. Millions of families were separated when the Korean War became a frozen conflict in 1953, and many have never been able to see each other since then. South Korea's Minister for Unification, Kwon Jung-se, said that South Korea is open to considering North Korea's choices of dates and locations to hold talks. In China, 86 people have been confirmed to have died after the earthquake that hit Sichuan province on Monday. At least 35 people are believed to be missing. And also in China, a man has survived after accidentally travelling for two days on a helium balloon. In China, some workers use helium balloons to carry themselves to pick pine nuts from trees. The man in Hailin County lost control of his balloon and drifted for two days until he was found over 300 kilometres away. The man said that he was cold and hungry, but he was okay. Today, we will finish the podcast with some speech from Queen Elizabeth from the 2nd of June, 1953, the day of her coronation. The ceremonies you have seen today are ancient, and some of their origins are veiled in the mists of the past. But their spirit and their meaning shine through the ages, never perhaps more brightly than now. I have in sincerity pledged myself to your service as so many of you are pledged to mine. Throughout all my life and with all my heart, I shall strive to be worthy of your trust. I thank you all from a full heart. God bless you all.
If you would like to support Send7 Podcast and read the full transcripts of every episode, then go to send7.org support. I'm Stephen Devincenzi. See you on Monday. <laughs>